people realize we've already been chatting and we've been leaving them hanging like a mm. bunch of plebs. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Welcome to Red Mornings. Uh, if you haven't been, Red Evening was with Jack like six hours ago, seven hours ago. We just finished up, you, me, and Rob. Mm -hmm. Seven hours ago. Jeez. That was actually a lot of fun. I didn't know that uh, Rolo was an orc or an elf cleric. <laughs> Sporting that same haircut. <laughs> well, it's kind of witcherish. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I don't know if anybody in the chat knows who you are. Like everybody should know who you are. I don't see anybody I don't recognize who probably wouldn't remember you. Should oh, we do it? Should we do an intro of you? Like who the hell is this guy? Yeah, uh, who the hell is this guy? Just a 29-year-old with an opinion, and he's red pill aware, and he banged chicks, and now he's sharing his information, because it's not all that hard if you just work out, exfoliate, and are not a total spurg. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, here's the thing. So, exfoliating, I was thinking about this, because I'm natural, too. You use the, uh, the micro beads in your thing, don't you? The micro beads in my thing? What do you mean? Yeah, where you get, like, a cream that's got the micro beads, you use that to exfoliate, because... I actually have like the, 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 like a, basically a scratch pad. Yeah, no, I just use the, uh, the, what's it called? Jack Black Energizing Scrub or whatever it's called. I just use that one. And after that, I use a moisturizer and that's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I was, maybe it's the, maybe it's because when I was sailing, I hated being the one guy who had so many creams. Like there was this one guy I sailed with. Mm hmm. Gronk. It's the best way to describe him. He was just a caveman, but every time we hit a foreign port, he would take this duffel bag full of like colognes and lotions and cream, dump it on his rack, and then like pick through it for the perfect collection of scents and creams to go with his popped collared polo shirt. And it was hilarious. Oh my God. Those guys who've got like 10 fragrances for 15 different occasions. That's the one. Oh God. And I don't get those guys either. Like I have a feeling you're like me where it's more like you want to have a scent that smells like you as opposed to like a scent for every occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a habit sometimes of getting, getting a bit frisky with spending like, Ooh, that smells nice. and could wear that for like the once in a moon where I can go out. But then I think to myself, yeah, you never go out. So you probably won't need to buy it. And then I don't. <laughs> oh, you got to actually, maybe you don't. Cause I, I'm one of the dude. Like when you mentioned Jack Black to me yesterday, I've actually been looking into it now. And I think I might finally, because I've had the same American crew, like mm -hmm. hair product for, I don't know, since I was a teenager, I have the same Prada scent. And I finally went out and like, <laughs> this is the funny part. So my scent now, I have the normal, like the, the, the Prada, but then I finally went to H&M and I was picking up some jeans or something like that. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Screw it. It's 20 bucks. I'll take the risk. So I have this $20 like hard single note it just smells like vanilla and tobacco and i'm like that's perfect and it's like the most basic bitch thing ever <laughs> yeah but it sounds nice i mean say whatever you want about tobacco but it has this certain smell and if you do it right i mean yeah. smokers really stink but there's a there's a certain essence in tobacco where you're like oh that's nice but i think that's just the the tobacco in and of itself but smoked it's just horrible. I think it matters oh. how too, because I know cigars stink. I know cigarettes stink. Pipes, mm. as long as you don't get like a giant bowl in it, seem to work a bit better for that. I almost smell like like grandpa and daddy issues, but not quite. A friend of mine used to do that. He used to drop the question like, "What scent does your father use?" 
Okay. No, no, just asking for a friend. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time he went on a date with her, he would have that scent. Like, ooh, 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 that's just evil. That's pretty good. Oh, and check it out. Uh, Rule Zero Dad, Chesty there, has a link to the Jack Black face buff energizing scrub. Dude, what is with these, like, man products? Like, whatever. I, I'm sure they're fine, and I love tactical soap, but they always have to give them these, like, convoluted names. I don't know. I just know that Jack Black doesn't use parabenes in them, which is a plus for me because parabenes raises estrogen and blah, 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 and I just Googled estrogen-free, and Jack Black came up, and I'm like, well, that's what I'm using. Plus the sheer fact, I still want to look 30-ish when I'm 40. So, <laughs> Dude, that's the dream, but I think, honestly... When I was 20, somebody told me that me turning 30 was going to be a reflection of how I spent my 20s and my 40 was a recollect of how I spent my 30s. And it's so true because the girls my age are just haggard. <laughs> Every girl above 25 is haggard in Europe. <laughs> By God, man. Yeah, dude, because oh, if you're turning 30 next year, you're going to have that wonderful thing where you look around. You're like, oh, my God, all the people my age are so old. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, in about six more months, turning 30. By God. It's going fast. Nice. I can't wait. If are they do <clears throat> in uh in Europe stand there, do they do high school reunions and that sort of thing, or do you guys not bother? Mm, we don't really bother. Every now and then I hear about it, but it's not a huge occasion. Oh, dude, I strongly recommend you go to one, either your 10 or your 20, because it's not because it's like I want to see old high school people and enjoy myself. It's that kind of cathartic, like the ending of a movie, if you remember like uh, Animal House, where at the end they always had this guy became a senator and this guy died in a car crash or something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's nice to see that. It was the weirdest dynamic. Like everybody I knew had gotten old and white. There's a couple of people still looking good, but it was usually the people that weren't treated so well in high school and they got the F out as soon as they could. Mm -hmm. And then to see a lot of them come back, you could tell they took that drive. I mean, me included. I hated yeah. my high school experience, but... Like the ugly duckling, the ugly duckling types. Yeah, I think it's just a motivation thing because a lot of people just stayed in my little crappy hometown at two thousand people, and I remember it was one girl there that was like my grade seven girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, what you been doing?" I'm like, "I wanted to hear stories." I'm like, "Tell me all about it." No, and she just got mad at me one day. She's like, "Not all of us have sailed around the world, you dumbass." <laughs> I moved across town. I got a kid now, and I'm like, "Oh." But that was literally like 20 years of history summed up in like half a sentence. Oh God. And I was like, thank I would that scares me more than anything. Imagine mm -hmm. that. Like a giant chunk of your life, and the only story you can give is you moved. Uh, well, the thing is, you can keep living in your old town, but at least do something with your life. Oh, like yeah, learn not a our skill, old town. learn a yeah, like learn a skill, learn a trade, whatever, be be a well-rounded person. But when it's kind of the stereotype, right? Like mm -hmm. They keep living in their hometown and immediately think about, oh, they haven't changed since high school. Like the jock who only could play soccer or football or whatever you Yanks call it, or Canadians. <laughs> but it's like Ted Bundy. Like Ted Bundy never left. Al Bundy, sorry. Al oh, Bundy. I was going to say, Ted wow, Bundy's he's never changed. Just keeps No. <laughs> no, but Al Bundy just stayed in his hometown. He was the high school football player, and then he got married, and he hates his wife, and now he works in a shoe store. And other than that, nothing happened. Yeah. Like, mm. It's a waste of potential. I guess yeah. here we got another guy like you, too, with Christian, with his, what what's to do in his late 20s. Dude, I'm saying this, like, late 30s, so don't take this as, like, back in my day, the boomer, like, none of that, but... <laughs> 
that when people say that 30 is the new 20 and 40 is the new 20, like they're not joking. Nothing really changes. You'll get a couple gray hairs in your beard. You'll get, uh, you'll have to stop eating so much candy. You maybe have to lay down on that bit and your workouts guaranteed. If you've been working out for like a 10 year period, there's something on you that's injured and it's probably not going to bounce back. Mm. But then you take all that stuff together and you just keep doing things. It's all iterative. That's actually the link I sent you yesterday on that uh, screenwriter talking about creativity. Mm -hmm. That's the whole reason he got me hooked on it was um, he just talks about that work is is cumulative. And it mm -hmm. totally resonates with what like you're doing here and what I'm doing here. Like, for example, you uh, started your Patreon. You started putting out content. You started writing. Same here. And then after a year, you realize, yeah, it's just like a slog and I'm putting out a video, but each video kind of builds on the other one. You notice mm -hmm. that each one is slightly better, slightly faster produce. Your writing is slightly better. Your uh, That writing there transfers over. So your job, I'm assuming you're writing some sort of governance. Yeah, a bit. Not much. Mm. Not much. Okay, well, if you were writing a lot, then you would notice like your creative writing credit probably would help with that. Mm-hmm. I know. What would you say to this guy being that you're around his age too? Mm. Like late twenties, I would have to imagine you finally figured out that a lot of material goods aren't worth it. So stop spending your money on crap. You don't really need and are just emotional purchases. You really need to figure that out because you're hitting 30 and you want to have your war chest for when things go wrong. Your 40 year old self will thank you. Oh. At least I, I hope my 40-year-old self will thank me if you just start learning how to not spend money and put it away in whatever trust fund or your savings account or whatever you like to invest in. Uh, maybe you should go talk to a broker. Hey, this is not financial advice. Other than that, if you haven't knocked a check up, good for you. Good job, soldier. You haven't <laughs> messed up. You really haven't messed up because that's good because I see guys my age falling to the wayside with a girl they don't actually really like, but they have a kid with her. You don't want to be that guy. Oh, also, <laughs> you will have a leap in front of everybody if you get your body fat percentage around 10%, which isn't that hard. Other than oh, that... And, uh, to translate that to North American, that means 15%. Over there, oh. everybody eats salted cod and is thin as hell. <laughs> Other than that, man, I don't know, like, take care of your skin, uh, take the piss out of certain things that you used to take seriously, like girls and things like that. Politics. <laughs> yeah, especially politics. By God, man. A couple of years ago, I joined the Libertarian Party, and then all of a sudden, I had a wake-up call, and I was like, I'm wasting my free time on politics. Like, there's no chance in hell that I will change anything just because... I'm a virtuous politician with a dream. Yeah, we all start out like that. <laughs> That's funny because I was the same way, but with the Green Party until uh, May came out with that Wi-Fi causes cancer nonsense. And then mm -hmm. I had, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> She's running the show. I can't have Karen running things. <laughs> mm. Like to speak to the manager. Also work on your, and I know it's not a popular opinion, but work on your career as a young guy. Like get your resume in. Build build up your resume. And that's about the only advice I've got for him. Dude, and I think it gets a bad rap. You're right. I'm actually trying to get uh Uncle Vaz on here. Who's on one Vaz? of these weeks? Oh, Vasily Vandinsky. He's um 
He's the guy from the Red Pill who wrote the Corporate Land series, like how to handle Christmas parties, negotiations for salary, like oh. all that stuff. That's kind of that and uh, mul like multiple long-term relationships, like <clears throat> in tandem. That's his two big claims to fame. He's been around for years. He's in his, I think he's in his 50s now. Nice. I don't know. I don't know how many details I should spread about him now, but he's basically like a rich Cooper. Like he knows <clears throat> what he's doing, except for instead of being the entrepreneur side, he's the corporate side. Nice. And he totally agrees with you there because he's done the same thing. He finds out that if people who are running a business can really trust you, and yeah, why more please? Another one too. Somebody who really trusts you and what you offer is really valuable, you kind of get to make your own rules the same as an entrepreneur would. Mm -hmm. Like for example, he takes meetings in his pool and then hangs out and has a date with one of the girls afterwards. <laughs> gets paid like a warlord. It's like, it's as far as corporate skills go, I say he's living the dream. But he's got mm -hmm. that, he's got a bit of an asshole to him. So it's kind of nice. Unless he's an oh, asshole well, to you, in which case then it sucks. <laughs> I mean, being an asshole can get you a long way. I mean, I applied game during my application conversation. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, well, why should we hire you? Why not? <laughs> I, just I like the pressure laughing. flip. I like the pressure flip. Yeah, they just started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, no, I'm seriously, I'm a great guy. Like, why not? Like, I can't find any reason. And then uh, at the end of it, they were like, well, do you have any questions? I'm like, what time do you want me to be here on Monday? <laughs> it's not bad. Hey, and you know what? Because that confidence came from you knew your job. You had the qualifications. It's most job. And here, for this, uh, what's the guy's name? Christian. Most mm -hmm. jobs, everybody is competent enough at to get hired. Yeah. Like all this stupid uh, certification soup, unless you're in a hardcore, super techie type position that requires, most of the time they're just looking for somebody that they actually want to work with. And then mm -hmm. they don't mind taking a 80% skill hit versus like 100% skill hit with a guy who's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You just want to get to the point where you have to work less and get paid more because the work you do is so valuable. Yeah, that's ideal. That's the part I love about this little entrepreneur shtick thing that's going on. Oh, dude, I did that with, uh, like, next to this, I do personal training as well. And my main plate had a girlfriend who wanted a workout schedule. So I told her, well, this is my fee, and this is what you're going to get, and blah, blah, blah. Then, seriously, we agreed on Tuesday. I would get the money on Tuesday, and then she'll get the schedule. Ten minutes to midnight, she texted me, like, oh, I'm in a financial rut, and I can't do it, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, seriously? Okay, sure. Two days after, she texted me. Yeah, I found out I, I need to be more physical in my life to uh, motivate me positively. And I think working out can really help. If I pay you now, can you get the schedule tomorrow? I'm like, you wasted my time the last time. So you're paying extra if you <laughs> want that schedule. She paid extra. I'm like, oh, so it does work. <laughs> Good. Oh, dude, so I've seen that used in corporate. That's hilarious. Yeah, so like guys out there, if you're doing entrepreneurial things or you have a skill or whatever and people need you and they waste your time, next time, charge extra. Make them feel that pain. Mm -hmm. Like put some salt into that wound. And as an employee, you can do that for a company too. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Yui McGill or one of the other moderators from Made Red Pill, they talked about that, how um, there was this company and for various reasons, they absolutely did not want to work there. And so mm -hmm. when they tried to poach them, they just sent them a ridiculous number because they literally calculated, okay, if I'm going to hate my life, how much is that going to cost? Mm -hmm. And that was the one they give. And then at that point, they're like, okay, so if they accept that number, then fine. I'm fine being miserable. I made that choice. But more often than not, it's a way of like 
just telling him to F off. Mm-hmm. What is funny. But yeah. then you'll see like every now and then on Reddit, there's a guy who runs a company who complains that everybody's always asking for unreasonable funds. And then there's always the engineer going, it's probably because they don't want to work for you and they <laughs> want you to say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty tough. Yeah. That's pretty uh, tough. We'll throw up, we'll throw up Chesty's quote here. Oh, where'd it go? Fire the client, dude. I've done this. I've done this and this, even it is like when I was doing like $50 consults, firing mm-hmm. the client is like the most wonderful thing ever. And I always got, and you always see that whenever like I rag on MGTOWs, they come in and start complaining and then they complain about my prices for this, that, and the other thing. And that's my first complaint is like, yeah, it, the, you finding it too expensive is not an accident. Like I'm trying to no. price you out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the point. Like, and dude, isn't that like the ultimate MGTOW? Uh, yeah, take a drink. I'm shitting on MGTOW. Isn't that the ultimate like MGTOW thing? Like people don't want to be with me for whatever reason. So that must be their fault. I get where some no seriously I get where some MIG towers are coming from because I've experienced this as well like when you you put yourself out there you work on yourself and the return on investment is low yeah especially with online dating things like that like most matches you get are slumbusters and you're like seriously I work out I work on myself and this is what I'm getting really oh yeah the difficulty curve is crazy yeah but that does not exclude you from putting in the work. And that's the sense I get with a certain MGTOWs or a couple of MGTOWs where they haven't even tried to put in the work. Like, have you fought on the beaches of Omaha? If yes, <laughs> then you have a right to complain. If no, get back out there. <laughs> have you even failed yet? <laughs> yes. Bingo. My God. Learn to fail. Get that metal blade. Oh, oh, dear God. You didn't tell me you were running with one of those uh, drip coffee machines. Dude, I'm going to send yeah. you up there to Nordic Stan. I'm going to send you. No. I'm going to send you something nice. I'm going to make this. This is me. My like first merch is like a French press and a, or a Bodum and a cup. I'm going to send them to you. This is the best coffee I've had. It's just a normal filter coffee machine. Nothing, nothing bad with it. So you need to go full hipster style. What's those? Do you know? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a glass teardrop look and it's got like a little wooden thing in the middle and they yeah. do pour drips on that with a little spouted coffee mm. that video i sent you yesterday about the coffee b-roll from uh peter mm-hmm. mckinnon there that's the machine mm-hmm. that like that's what the hipsters are using now for the drip coffee oh dear god i'm not a hipster <laughs> hipsters get a bad rap it's the same as star wars how star wars is awesome but star wars fans mm-hmm. are garbage <laughs> yeah and i say star wars died in 82 don't at me <laughs> <laughs> i did like like Revenge of the Sith was pretty awesome. I remember it was actually packed. Yeah, till this day, I do find that an enjoyable movie to watch. I hate Attack of the Clones. Like, by God, man, that that is the worst of all. Yeah, except for the what they released a couple of years back. I don't even know what that is. Oh yeah, SJW just Wars. Throwing, <laughs> yeah, but just throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Nothing. It's like the most simple formulaic. Thing, action adventure serials like you cannot screw that up it's paint by numbers <laughs> and they, well, i mean hold they, my beer i'll do it yeah i mean the the basic formula was the hero's journey mm-hmm. it's, i mean by god and they failed at that like ray being a female character wasn't the problem yeah. a lot of a lot of hollywood executives and disney executives thought that was the problem the real problem was that she didn't have to endure struggle that was the problem. I mean, Ripley from Alien. And yeah. She goes through struggle. 
and she turns out all right. That was cool to watch. Dude, I actually liked Aliens more than Alien, the second yeah, one. Yeah, but everybody does, right? Like Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1. Yeah, I think it was just it was better done. Well, not because of that, but because, I mean, if you walk at it, the Alien movies are all essentially the same plot, which is a different director in a different setting. Mm -hmm. I think number two was the best because it showed the best character arc. Number mm -hmm. one didn't have the same, like Ripley turning from like a, a paranoid, you know, oh, fooey, I burned the cookies and ending off with like, get off her, you bitch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, I know but yeah, mean. the two just had it. I'm, it's not even so much about the action of it because that wasn't the part I liked. And I can't watch Terminator 2 now. Why not? I've watched it lately and it looks to me like the story now of like a divorced mom looking for a new husband that wants <laughs> to take care of her kid unconditionally, but not have sex with her. And that's all I can see now. Oh God. You just but ruined I, that for me. Oh dude, it's weird. I, and I listened to the director there when he talks about things and he's very, uh, this is where they talk about how like red pill ruins your films mm. and he's very blue pilled. He's worshiping the women. Like it kind of comes out in avatar and you start to see that influence on his other films. Mm. I still like Terminator 2, but I just can't like it in the same way now because that's all I think of is like she's looking for she's looking for her second husband to take care of her kid. Mm. Uh, it's weird. I, like, isn't there a movie about Arnold being a stepdad? There has to be. I mean, he did Kindergarten Cop. Holy, that's a good question. That's it. Remember Kindergarten Cop? Like, yeah, I remember it Kindergarten Cop. That, it ends with that. <laughs> no, seriously, he ends up with the single mom, I remember, because the baby daddy was in jail and then he got out because he got put in by Arnold in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. And don't get me wrong, like Predator, I can still watch Predator tomorrow and enjoy that one. I can watch Die Hard a million times. In fact, I have. I can quote it every beat and every line of the movie. It freaks people out when I have them over for Christmas. Oh, man, I used to do that with Lord of the Rings, but. She's what the extended version. You're like, you're line quoting 12 hours of film. Yes. <laughs> I bow to the almighty nerd. I am, I am, but your humble servant. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a secret life as a geek outside of all of this. Hey, actually I haven't watched those in like a decade. Do they still hold up after time? Like, yes. Surprisingly. Well, surprisingly well. Nice. And I think that. mostly because they did a lot of costume work instead of CGI. Mm-hmm. So it holds up. The acting is still great. I mean, Gollum still looks very decent in my home. Really? Yeah, he does. You'd be surprised. Well, that's awesome. I'll have to sit down and watch it again. I've been meaning to watch the extended one. I figure mm -hmm. the least I could do if I managed to slog through those books twice as a kid and as an adult, I can at least slog through the movies twice. Yeah, but the movies get you going, man. I still do that with friends where we insert random Lord of the Rings quotes in series that don't have anything to do with it. This is just fun. <laughs> Dude, I had that with my watch supervisor on ship, except for it was the movie Heat. Do you remember Heat? I think I do. Dude, that movie is awesome if you haven't watched it. That Hollywood uh, bank robbery scene or the L.A. bank robbery. Mm -hmm. Probably like one of the best action movies in any crime film ever. It's just sweet. It's visceral and the guns and it's just like everybody's like, oh, they were training. Like they actually trained for six months on how to hold a rifle and use it properly. And it shows. Nice. I have to watch that. Really it's good to. though. And it's got, it's one of those weird ones. That's like an all-star cast that before they were all-star casts. I mean, I guess they were, it was Val Kilmer, De Niro, Pacino. Um, oh. Oh, who's the guy who plays machete again? Why can I remember his name off the top? Uh, of Robert Trillo. Robert Trillo. Yeah. No, that's it. Not he, Danny Trejo. Sorry. Danny I was Trejo. 
Exactly. And uh, was, from from back Black Flag, uh, Henry Rollins. Nice. Yeah, I was confused with the bassist from Metallica. That's Robert Trujillo, and you mean Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Actor. Like, Machete was awesome, man. Machete was great. Dude, can't be Grindhouse films. I get it. I'm just, I'm just old enough that, like, my sister's older friends were able mm -hmm. to show me stuff that had that old, like, 70s grindy feel to it. So, what, their pubes? <laughs> no, just the, just the vibe of that thing, man. Although, I guess, fuck, we're talking too much about just, like, movies and crap. Last thing I want to be is let's be another movie review channel. <laughs> I was thinking, and I'll, I guess I'll segue this to what you were saying before, and it was, um, we were talking about chicks who purposefully ugly themselves up as a flex. Mm-hmm. Because I just found, and oddly enough, I've just discovered who Billy Ellish was. There's yeah. my boomer moment. Yeah, same here. I don't I don't like her that much either. Her appearance just turns me off. Like she just looks like a junkie. Yeah, like, but that's the thing. She's like very pretty. And I've seen so many girls who are really pretty dress very ugly as like a flag. Like, like I can still get you, even when I'm wearing jogging pants and a garbage bag. <laughs> yeah, or they they completely tap themselves up with stupid tattoos. And I'm not bashing on tattoos, I'm just bashing on stupid tattoos. You know what I mean? Like tattoos that don't mean jack of all crap Ooh, well let's let's do a lightning round here tattoos mm. stupid or not stupid uh scripture quote on the rib cage stupid or not stupid oh man why <laughs> why would you do that the rib cage is the most painful spot ever all so right. no stupid all right chinese symbol back of the shoulder moronic all right uh frog or dolphin somewhere below the knee above the ankle yeah <sighs> Okay, if it's a girl, I mean, it's the same as a mocha latte frappuccino these days to have that. So <laughs> I think basic, a, but not bad. Yeah, basic, but not bad. All right, next one. Dream catcher, right underneath the boobs. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> Dude, those are huge. There's a guy that he might even be listening now. He's from Ireland. He does tattoos. Every third photo he has of his new tattoo clients is a dream catcher. That's like the new tramp stamp. Uh, oh, there's the next one. Tramp stamps. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Is that a bad sign? <sighs> I don't know. I always, I always fall back to the the old Rolo quote mm. where, like, shave punani used to be a sign where girls were down DTF. Yeah. Then it were belly button piercings, and then it was the tramp stamp. But through the years, all of that has become so common. So there's two ways you can go, like. One, it's just culture, and it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Or two, everybody's promiscuous right now. So, yeah, I tend to lean to the everybody's promiscuous right now side <laughs> of things. So, man, I don't know. Again, it's like mocha, frappuccino, pumpkin spice latte these days. Everybody has one, and if they don't, it's just too rare. It's either because they haven't got one yet, or they don't know what it is. All right, so. fair enough. All right, let's get to the next one then. Girl tattoos. Uh, Yakuza colored sleeves below the elbow. Ooh. That's damn. koi fish or anything like that. Stupid. Like, why would... What's, <laughs> that's my <laughs> whole thing with tattoos. Like, why do you get one? Oh, I want to remember. Oh, really? You, will remem you won't remember the death of a close family member unless you get it tattooed on your body. Really? 
<laughs> so you have the memory of a goldfish then like remember your own name or do you have that tatted on the inside of your eyelids as well like oh that'd be painful oh dude, I, that's kind of my thing i mean, i i wouldn't necessarily say tattoos are a red flag because everybody has them so we can argue on that one it's more i don't see the meaning of it like do you want to look cool admit it fine I have a tattoo because I want to look cool. Sure. I get I can get down with that, but don't come to me knocking on my doorstep and saying it has more meaning and therefore I'm more virtuous because I have ink portrayed on my body. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, I'm with you. The spiritual thing is kind of weird. Like even my half mm -hmm. sleeve, I got it because I was gonna deploy. And either I get it in Canada or somebody gets me drunk and gets it on me in Thailand. And I did not want to come back with the hep. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, that's a valid reason, right? But, I, but on, oh, I don't even know if I should admit this. <laughs> mm -hmm. So out of my family, my brother has no tattoos. I have one. And every one of the girls in my family has more. My mom oh. actually has <laughs> one, which is, I've never seen this on anybody else. She actually has a rose on the back of her hand here. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that's one of the most painful places to put it on because the more bone you have and the more sensitive the area, the more it hurts. And I guess there's more mm -hmm. nerve endings in the hand and more bones in the back of the hand than anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember Having that said the... that she's been divorced twice. So, I mean, it might be a red flag. Might be crimson. But mm. like speaking about painful places, the band members from Queens of the Stone Age had a terrible performance at Rock on Ring in 2004, I believe. I don't and believe since they had the a rib... terrible performance, how would they? Well, and since the ribcage is the most painful place, they had that date tattooed on their ribcage because it's so painful. Like, oh, that show sucked, man. We need to have that on our body. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I totally forgot to mention that last night, by the way, when you're talking about bands. I like Queens of the Stone Age were one of my favorites, definitely. Uh, yeah, mine too. I saw them about five times or something like that. Although I, had, I hate to admit, it's one of those things that took me a couple years to get into them. Like, I didn't like them at first. I had to grow into them. I can imagine. Just like, like just like grapefruit and yogurt. But like Josh Homme has a particular voice. You either think it's whiny or you really enjoy it. Yeah, but there's some whiny bands that like the pumpkins were whiny as hell. I like them. Mm. And uh I know this is gonna be sounding extremely like homoerotic, but remember Muse? Yeah. Yeah, I like their one song. The one that they uh their music video was like uh Mad Max meets Cowboy Western. Oh, uh Knights of Sidonia. That's the one. Dude, that reminded that had like such nostalgia. It hit me right in the feels because I remember was it Space Quest Two? It has that heavy metal vibe to it. Yeah, the heavy metal vibe, and it's got that like nineteen uh, seventies Doctor Who with like the white and black lasers, where it's sort of like weird and Planet of the Apesy. The whole thing. I love the visuals of that one. Mm -hmm. And then I listen to the rest of their music, and I'm like, damn it, emo band, son of a. <laughs> <laughs> that always sucks. You you really think Muse is an emo band? Well, I mean, compared to the stuff I normally listen to, it, I, I was expecting more of that. But they, mm -hmm. for me, it was like a Blind Melon thing where their one famous song had nothing to do with the rest of their discography. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, which album is that again? I believe the album is called Knights of Sidonia, which was a pretty okay album. And then you have... Um, what's it called again? Ah, never mind. I think it was Butterflies and Hurricanes, which was a nice album as well. Like the bass player just kicks kicks ass. Yeah. What what can I say though? I've always got a soft spot for Flea. I'll never, <laughs> I don't think any baser was better. Hmm. 
And this is coming from a Pumpkins fan. I should be like backing Darcy, but yeah, no. Now, sometimes you just have to admit it. They didn't even back her. Dude, I finally got to see them. Wanted to see it since I was a teenager last summer. They came in for concert and uh, I can't remember who opened for them. And I was just so psyched to watch them. Hmm. And then, yeah, Darcy, I guess she just wanted to come back in. And Billy and James and Jimmy were like, yeah, you need to practice. You haven't played in 20 years. She's like, I know what I'm doing. They're like, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> so it sucked because I'm like, it's such a, like, oh, for the guys who like watching bands, it sucks because mm -hmm. they kept booting band members out and then coming back in and then booting a different one. So you can oh, never yeah. get them all in the same room. Mm -hmm. It's like rule zero. <laughs> <laughs> but then music. Music is the thing that makes me laugh too because I've realized like a lot of girls don't like music. They like the music their ex-boyfriend had. Do you ever Agreed. notice? Agreed. And it makes me laugh because I've noticed this. My girl starts picking up interests of things that I like. Mm -hmm. Whether she feeds off of my energy or she's just never been exposed to it, I don't know. But I'm finding and this is something from Uncle Vaz where he said girls don't have hobbies or interests. They just mm -hmm. have guys who have hobbies and interests. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. This is where you got to fill it in with a with an with an anecdote. <laughs> mm. I was dating a girl. She said she didn't like Queens of the Stone Age because her dad beat her and I left or something. <laughs> well, pretty much. But okay, well, here's an anecdote for you. Like, I remember a girl, the, the girl I stole from the guitar player, that one. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. She hated Josh Homme. She hated him. Like, whiny sound and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as she tried to put me back into the friend zone, when I said, not going to happen, this is not platonic, if you want to go that route, see ya. <laughs> like, two days after, she sent me, Oh, I'm listening to No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. And that reminded me of you. I'm like, bitch, you hate that band. <laughs> Psychologically, it's fascinating too, man. Because I am I think I should get Dr. Smith on here one day to talk about it. But it's the funniest thing. It's not that she likes it because you like it either. Like she's doing it to help because she likes you. Mm -hmm. But the brain actually hardwires or it's like softwired to actually like it. It's that self-delusion thing that I keep talking about before, but it also, but there's like a positive benefit to it in a relationship, mm -hmm. which makes sense. I mean, if you want to keep a girl around for long term, mm -hmm. guys, we're hardwired to be aspirational lovers. We see a girl at her best. We lock her in time. That part makes sense. But then the female side where she kind of in a borderline method, like starts adopting your traits and that and like adopting them as her own. Mm hmm. That makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint, how people could stay together long enough to have some cave kids until they get to have cave high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. I got an A plus in, in, in mule hunting. Oh, really? What's yours? Cave painting. What about you? I make pots like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I have noticed, uh, a lot of girls indeed do copy the interests of the most dominant guy in their life. Yeah. And that's that's why I keep saying that a girl is a reflection of the most dominant guy in her life. And as soon as you will meet a brat, you know what her father is like. Absent, <laughs> absent, permissive, all that oh, kind of stuff. Oh my god, man! Push over like, floor mat. The work you have to do sometimes to get a girl in line. Like I, I ask myself, like, is this worth it? But then the end result is okay, and she likes normal music, and she cooks normal dinners. And oh, by the way, you need to hit me up with those omelet recipes because my main plate knows how to cook a damn omelet. It's great, but really? she could use some variation. So. Fair enough. Yeah, I just did egg foo young this morning. I had some pulled pork that I just finished. We got a dinner party this evening. Yeah, I, I wanted I like to make these uh, salmon egg egg wraps 
They're great. But if you so want what, to... it's like where you use the like uh, the omelet as a burrito and you, that's what you yep. wrap the salmon in? Yep. Well, that's interesting. So you don't add anything to it. You just got to be really gentle with it. Or do you add like some gluten or something to keep some structure? No, nah, you put some milk in it. That's the only thing. Oh, I can see that working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always think I'm thinking about I tried that and I couldn't figure it out for the longest time how to get it to work. Because, yeah, delicate was fine, but I'd always end up with rips and I could never be consistent. Mm -hmm. So at first I tried creating a structure with like very thinly sliced onions, like a lattice. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just add some flour to it to make it gluten. But then I ended up with like a pancake and that didn't work. Mm -hmm. I just wish there was some kind of like dissolvable food safe string you could put into something where you could wrap it up really tight and then just have it gone by the time you eat it. But that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, I know what you mean. But to quickly get back to what we were just discussing. <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, seriously. So girls who are a reflection of the most dominant guy in their life and things like mm -hmm. that. Well, we just mentioned girls who are flexing with horrible clothing. But then I wonder, like, why would they do that? Like, because a girl will look her best if there's a yeah. dominant guy there. Right. So the first question I have is when girls flex with ugly clothing, is that actually a reflection of not having a guy around? Know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I would almost say the reverse way because I've seen so many girls just frumping up this second they settle down. Hmm. But then I'm thinking too, it's it's a good question. Like girls that have uh, ugly girls as their friends when they go out because they like getting all the attention and oh, the ugly God. girl just likes to be over there to cock block her. I had an ex like that. All of her girlfriends were fat, obnoxious, and rude. I'm like, hmm, something's <laughs> going on here. Dude, gym or personality classes, pick one lady. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't God. get yeah, they're like incels where that uh sour grapes attitude just turns into a chip on your shoulder. Oh man, seriously, girls are such fan bases that they even try to get into the incels. <laughs> I mean, my God, man. Yeah, remember that couple of months ago? Like female incels. I was like, really? Yeah, fem cells. Right. I haven't had anything in two weeks. Oh my God, you poor thing. Oh, oh my God, honey. <laughs> Put on jeans instead of sweatpants. You'll be fine. Yeah, that inclusion thing. I don't, like, I understand it, but I don't get it how it's so hardwired that there's no self reflection behind it. Like, if you're going to latch onto any group, you could be an alcoholic, chubby, you know, middle-aged woman, and you could still find a better group than, like, the incel community to get into. Mm -hmm. Or especially young girls. Like, there's so many girls that are hot because they're young, and then they sabotage themselves on purpose just to get in with a, with a, a niche group. Oh, like junkies. Yeah, okay. Or stoners. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, I remember that. Like, I had Hot a stoners, man. Such a waste. <laughs> yeah. To be very Wasted honest, potential. Yeah. I mean, if there's one turnoff for me, it's like it's stoners. I, for the life of me, I cannot handle stoners. Like it's for, that smell, I hate patchouli. Oh, it's not necessarily the smell; it's just the behavior. Like, oh, who cares, man? I'm like, oh, for oh, God. The, uh, it's very, yeah, very aloof and uncaring, but not in like an engaging it, way. Yeah, well, especially that, like it's being aloof without having any reason to be aloof. Like you don't have experience. Like <laughs> go do something. You're just aloof because you have nothing to talk about. That's yeah. not being aloof. That's just being useless. My favorite potheads now are like the power potheads, the ones who are working eighty hours a week and they need the pot to like survive. Oh wow! 
Dude, it's like, yeah, the Joe Rogan pothead is the one I refer to it as. Mm-hmm. Which is I like funny. Elon Musk. Yeah, or like Elon Musk. Like, I need this. Otherwise, I can't finish the space shuttle because my head will explode. <laughs> oh, man. What if that guy was not thirsty? We would have been on Mars right now. I wonder how much of her time he that or his time that she managed to glean off of him mm. before she decided to go start beating up Johnny Depp. Angrily grabs the wine bottle. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I pay twenty thousand a month for these bottles. Get out of my house. <laughs> but could you imagine if Johnny Depp was aloof towards her? I if she would have created a hissy fit mm -hmm. with it, and she's like, "Ah, oh, Johnny, you're such a pussy," and blah blah blah. Then why you're with me? Yeah. Like, then go. Just walk away. Talk to his entourage. <laughs> Just yeah. Kick that bitch out of my house. Yeah, like, okay, she's being annoying. Take her away, please. I am Johnny Depp. Like, I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. She's just a 23-year-old hot girl who's got nothing to add but tits. Yeah, pretty much. And I get Which it. Is... He's in his 50s now, so getting, like, a 20-year-old, you'll put up with a little more stuff for the flex of it. He's as much of a narcissist as anybody in Hollywood. Yeah, but the, the thing is, you're Johnny Depp. You, can get, you could get any 23-year-old. So I really didn't get that part. What's the challenge in that though? If a girl's throwing herself at you, it's like, uh, do I want do I want rolled oats again today, or do I want to eat something that's better? Yeah, steak. Yeah, <laughs> steak. The mm. ultimate rich guy flex. <laughs> Cow meat, baby. <laughs> it's got testosterone or something. Trust me. Pheromones. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that bugged me too. Oh. Johnny Depp, I kind of owe him a debt of gratitude, and I also owe him like a kick in the kick in the ass. That video I did of him, it actually brought a lot of new eyeballs that I hadn't seen before to the channel. Mm -hmm. And I right away, I'm like, you know what? I hate this BuzzFeedification celebrity gossip, but I get you have to kind of engage in it. Otherwise, nobody's going to care to listen to anything useful. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right. So there's this situation. I have... Johnny would never listen to me. That thing is messed. They are probably crazy, but let's see what we can take out of this and apply it to like normie world. Mm -hmm. So help me God, 90% of people who engaged with that were just like, but Johnny Depp, how can she slap? And they were just so focused on the celebrity <laughs> stuff. As much as guys like The Last Psychologist or like Corey says, there's like a huge narcissism epidemic. Mm -hmm. The amount of people who refuse to live in their own lives and live vicariously through others is just staggering to me. Oh, finally, I can make this point live. <laughs> finally, No, seriously, finally. Because I've been hearing that all over. Like, Brad Pitt got divorced rape. If Brad Pitt got divorced rape, what chance do I get? Yeah, sit down, son. You're red pill aware. <laughs> Brad Pitt wasn't. There's your advantage. Yeah. There's your difference. Like, it's not in the millions. It's not in being Brad Pitt. Seriously, kid, if Brad Pitt was red pill aware, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Brad Pitt. He was too pit. He was too pretty. He never had to be. Bingo. <laughs> but they they use it as an excuse. Like well, Brad Pitt got divorced rape, so so will I. Well, Ryan didn't get divorced rape yet. Rolo didn't get divorced rape yet. And well, to be honest, and not to dunk on Rolo, but Brad Pitt does look better than Rolo. So <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy. Next, you're gonna I say bet. you like Ibanez guitars better than Gibson's. <laughs> yeah, Fender. Oh, look at you. Must be cool <laughs> in the 1950s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but things like that, they keep using it as an excuse. I'm like, come on, guys. This isn't that hard. And if there was awareness to it, we'll get to one man's way question here in a sec here. But yeah, if there was awareness to it, 
I wouldn't even mind so much. I think that's my big problem with MGTOW. Not that the brand is there. Not that a lot of people who are unattractive tend to be like the figureheads or any of that stuff. It's the complete lack of ownership of that mm. life style, of that life decision. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to go MGTOW, me dunking on sex dolls shouldn't change that or it shouldn't even raise an eyebrow. If you're no. going your own way, nothing I say is going to affect you. No. Absolutely not, because it's the internet. If you're going MGTOW, you have a life outside of the internet. If you don't, you're not going MGTOW. You're LARPing. Yeah, dude, like uh, that C-Suite magazine that, oh, what's his name again? He works with Terrence Pop. He's the one that made it. Because I was talking about how I loved an idea of like a 1970s Playboy mag coming back. He's like, oh, actually, I've been doing that for a year. And I was like, fuck. Oh, wow. uh, Servish or Servi. I I Hold really on a sec. C-Suite... He's like, there it is, Frank Servi. Hmm. I'm going to put a link to this in the chat. Uh, be warned, his stuff is definitely like 80s Playboy. So it's like, it's not porn, but yeah, it's not safe for work. Hmm. But he's essentially doing that. Yeah, you see a C-suite magazine, just young girls looking hot, cool articles, some stories, that kind of stuff. He puts a ton of work into it. Hmm. Um, where was I going with this one? I don't know. You know what? Let's just get to the question. One man's way one where he's seeing a chick that he picked up from work. She's telling me that the other girls there tell her how I have hit on them. I told her, yeah, you're the lucky one I picked. Don't worry. I will give them resting bitch face from now on. <laughs> Here's the question for you. From one man's way here. Do you think that girls coworkers actually said that? Or do you think she just said that to test them? Okay. Let me see. I'm seeing a chick that picked up. She's telling me the other girl. Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you want to google translate into duchistan no 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 no. i don't know man like, every girl at work who's trying to pull this shit i just laugh at like okay see you at hr like <laughs> i'll see you at the finish line things like that yeah see i like his response it's because it's not it's nothing i would say but i like mm -hmm. how i like when the things aren't things that i would say but i can see how they work because it means mm -hmm. people are actually applying them to their own personality and conversational skills mm -hmm. yeah ah, you're the lucky one don't worry about it i'll squ i'll give them the glaring of a lifetime mm -hmm. <laughs> but i like that like yeah thanks for the super chat by the way it's a great example of just like the simplest passing of a fitness test i think mm -hmm. yeah I mean, mm. but i will say this yeah if you believe that she actually had co-workers bugging her about this stuff then mm -hmm. I'm going to start believing that every time my girl has a dream and tells me about it, it actually is an actual dream. Cause I know she's done dream. <laughs> I had a dream. This convoluted situation happens that I need you to reassure me. Did that happen? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that happened. Hmm, probably. I <laughs> <laughs> hmm. just doubled down. And I, like, I dated a girl from work. I know blasphemy, but she, she worried about it too much as well. She was like, Oh, what if our coworkers found out? I'm like, what, you don't want them to know how good I am in bed? Really? Yeah. You're worried about that? And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, you're such a jerk and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, do you really care what they think? Or And then all of a sudden, everything was okay. <laughs> I agree. And besides, it's at work. They're going to know. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been in any office environment or even the military, things are so bored and things are so routine that a girl will automatically tell when she's either got a shine on a guy or is already hooked up with him because she just acts different and everybody mm -hmm. picks up on it. And the guy that's been pining away at her starts looking at how to screw over your career. D mm -hmm. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> Cost me five grand, that son of a bitch. Seriously, that much? My God, man. 
well, it's advanced promotion was a thing. So we have a uh, ordinary seaman. Mm -hmm. That's your first starting rank. It's like a private. And then there's able seaman, which you finish your QL4 package, and then leading seaman, which is trades proficient journeyman. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, it's supposed to be a year and a half to get your ABs. And then at the four year mark, you get your leading seamans. But if you're uh, if your department head thinks that you've been doing a really good job and you're worth it, they'll do something called an advanced promotion. They can advance promote you six months. So mm -hmm. three and a half years. Now, if the command team agrees with it and amplifies it, they can extend that another six months, which they always mm -hmm. do. Command will always follow the, the opinions of the director heads because you know your guy is not more than better than me. So you can mm -hmm. get advanced promoted about a year. Now, I was literally mm -hmm. the shining star of my department. There was me and my other guy, Jason. The two of us were basically running the show. We were awesome. Um, I made fun of not my boss, but my boss's boss. We were in the junior ranks mess because she was kind of like, a, oh, how to describe. Actually, you know exactly how to describe it. She was like the bitchy feminist, like, you don't know me type. I wasted my 20s and now I got five cats and I drink wine, like that kind of thing mm -hmm. with just a little bit of crazy in it. And But he had a huge crush in her. He was a huge nerd. And then because of that, he started like feeding, like doing that little snaky stuff in the background. Actually, he's not good this. He's not good that. And yeah, it cost me a year. And the promotion, this is the part that matters. Not so much like I get new ranks. You have to re-sew all your uniforms and stuff. But it comes with like a $6,000 pay increase. So it cost mm -hmm. me literally six grand. And that's after taxes, which I guess it's not much. But I mean, starting salary for an ordinary seaman was 40. So to go from 40 to 46 was huge. Well, I can imagine. But by the way, to get back a one man way comment, like I would have been like, well, at least you're the one who got an eye for talent. Like things like that. I would just yeah. double down on it. Like, well, maybe the girls wanted me to hit on them. Yeah. And there's they, ton that's it. There's tons of responses you can do here, and they're all yeah. good. Yeah. They but misinterpreted my uh, intentions. I can't yeah. help it, I'm charming. <laughs> but it's, it's the subtext as long as you're not acting defensive or overly reassuring like no no mm -hmm. baby i would never be like that i'd never do that yeah just anything to show you're not taking it seriously because i don't know how many guys in the chat know this but most girls go from the limbic brain to the mouth and then to the frontal lobe so they have a feeling they talk the feeling and then they process it in the mouth and then the frontal lobe takes it afterwards as opposed mm -hmm. to guys who are kind of like limbic to frontal lobe and then to their mouth. Well, most of them, <laughs> certain central Florida crew, you know, exempt. Nice. But for a lot of this stuff, she's not thinking anything. She's trying to process. And by this like very aloof answer, you're kind of helping her frame the way she's feeling something to a more beneficial way, like beneficial for him. He just laughs it off. Yeah, they mm -hmm. do that, but you're the special girl. And now, now she's been able to process this as in like, yeah, I beat those bitches, which is way better than this guy's scheming behind my back. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you don't apologize, like nothing's going wrong. Like oh, never yeah. apologize for anything. Yeah. Rules of that. What don't was the be rule like on that one? Unless somebody died. Yeah. Something, something dies. You can't, you can't apologize. And you get two, mm -hmm. or I think it's Royce that you get two apologies over your lifetime. Use them wisely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, he's right on that. At least I think. <laughs> oh, Nick. Purple Mecca? Uh-oh. Dude, I, I always love following, like, writing Twitter, especially, like, short story tweeter writing Twitter, because this guy really made me step up my, my 
my uh, wordsmithing. Mm. And I'm loving it. I got the writer's bug. You're doing a book, aren't you? You better be doing a book. Are you writing anything? Yeah, I am writing something, but by God, man, I wish that training stage at work was over so I could have the screen for me instead of people watching what I'm doing. Oh, are they training I, you or are you training others? No, they're training me. Like uh. It's a new government job. But I write way better when I have to distract myself from something. And that's why I like the nine to five, because I use the nine to five to motivate me to do other things. But I've got a couple of chapters in, and I did write a piece this week, and I sent it to Chesty, your Corey. I sent it to him, and he he put great feedback on everything. Yeah, he's good. He's so, sleeper talent in this space, man. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit distracted in the chat a moment ago because somebody got pissed off that I said I don't like pot smokers. I'm sorry I hurt your fifis, but you should do something with your life other than defend pot. Well, it's the same as the MGTOW thing. Why does it matter to you if some random guy halfway around the world doesn't yeah. like a lifestyle choice you've made? How does that reflect badly on anything? I don't know, man. But if you're not going to be liked, you're just not. Most people nope. aren't going to like you. Well, actually, a few people aren't going to like you. A vast majority are going to be completely ambivalent with a very small subset of people that actually like, really enjoy you. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of life. Same with girls. Like, by God, man, most will reject you for for the small reason of you existing. Like, I don't like the way your eyebrows look. Whatever. I did. You name it. They'll find something to reject you. It just happens. One sec. I'm answering something here and doing in the chat. Nice. Yeah, so funny story in this. The guy was asking, like, when did I start writing? It was 12 months ago. And that was when I first started being, like, a Oh, it's going to sound cringy, but like a brand influencer. Is that what this thing is called? I don't know. The brand of me be. thing. I really wish there was a non bravado loaded title you could put to it. I'm just going to say entrepreneur. Screw it. <laughs> but uh, breathe through your balls. Another one of like the sleeper talents that are in this space. Uh, breathe TYB. If you guys are on Twitter, follow him. Mm -hmm. and he suggested doing an email list and he gave me tips for it. And we're talking like, oh, the benefits are great because everybody's getting canceled. So at least with emails, you can have some way to reach people. So you, even if they cancel you, they can never remove you entirely. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's a nice preventative measure. And then I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you know, a book is would be a wonderful thing. It's always something I've wanted to do. Everybody always has that, you know, great American novel they don't write. And so I'm like, well, why don't I use both? I started reading other people's email lists. And I noticed most of them are just pablum. Like 90% of the email lists on there is just some guy. It looks like he's typing it out on the toilet. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they don't say nothing and some of them are extremely long. And I'm like, you know what? I thought about the end user and I'm like, every guy who's on these email lists wants something that they can read while they're taking a dump or having a smoke break outside their job or like a 15 minute window, 500 words. That's simple. That's like a five minute read. I can, I don't feel bad about asking for a guy's five minutes of his time. And then I just started writing 500 words at a time. And then Vinkatesh Rao, the guy who, uh, did Be Slightly Evil, Tempo, and the Gervais Principle. Mm -hmm. Be Slightly Evil, he wrote it through an email list. I signed up oh. to it, and he would just, yeah, like once a, was it once a week, he would put out a chapter. And then after mm -hmm. a year of that, he had an entire book put together, which was really cool. And then he had changed some things. I'm like, I'm just going to do that. And so that's literally what I did. You know how people are talking about holding themselves accountable? Well, if I have to get mm -hmm. like an email out three, four days a week for people, then it always ensured that I was writing something and at least putting some effort into it. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I noticed by like the end of 10 months, I'm like, oh, wow, there's like a, there's like a book here. And then I talked to like all the guys who wrote books like Carl and Rolo and Rich and like, yeah, make sure you hire an editor. Don't do the editing yourself. I've learned a lot about the editorial process and I'm not going to say, cause there's a lot of cussing, <laughs> but yeah. And then, so yeah, I've come out of it and I'd be like, it's a wonderful experience. And then at the end of the day, I look at this the same way as the email list. Like if I'm taking somebody's time to actually read this, what would they walk away from? And I think you mentioned this yourself mm-hmm. where you like focusing on being valuable. I can't remember how you worded it. You're going to help me out here. I know, but yeah, focus mm-hmm. on being valuable as opposed to like how important and cool you are by eating steak. So other people can adore you. Oh yeah. Like that. Just be, be, be a capable functional person. Like yeah. I don't, I don't care who you bang. I don't care what you eat. I care that you're functional and you know what you're talking about. That's what, it, and that's the problem with me writing a book. And <laughs> me, well, I mean, let's be honest. I'm 29. Like, how much experience do I have? Know what I mean? Okay, okay. I've, I've had some ups and downs on an early age, which I won't get into. But how serious can you take a 29 year old as a 50 year old, things like that, and to get back to the guy's question who was 27 and like, what should, what should I do with my life? Be grateful that you're 27 and red pill aware that you found Ryan and Carl and Rolo and guys like that. Like you've got your whole life in front of you. So I've written pages of information and things that I know. Right. And at a certain point I was like, I don't like the way I wrote this and I don't like this and I don't like that. Oh, everybody hates their stuff. That goes without saying. (laughs) Yeah, and then I thought to myself, like, okay, who do you want to write to? And the only person I could actually think of was my 19-year-old self, like me from 10 years ago, like the young Jack, like everything I know now, what would I have told him if I had one day in my life where I could go back? So I just started writing it in that way. Oh, my God, the older brother angle. Bingo. That was the only way I could think of that I could actually be taken seriously when writing something. Like I'm not going to go on some podcast like, I wrote a book because I'm so... No, 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 no. Kid, sit down. Like, nope. <laughs> Have you ever read that. that Bukowski quote about don't try? I think I did. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. I'm really, I'm starting to become a fan of reading again. I've got to thank Delicious Tacos. If you guys don't follow him, follow him on Twitter, buy his books. He's actually got me into reading again. And who would have thought the story of like the incel hero's journey was what it took, but that's what it took. <laughs> that's pretty great. Have you read, have you read yeah. his books or no? I've read finally some good news and I started in The Pussy, but The Pussy are like short stories. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, well, the second one is way better. Yeah, but they're pretty neat. So, yeah. I like them, though. And that's so, yeah, he inspired me on this one. I really enjoy his stuff. I love plugging it mostly because, like, you know what you were saying about being a well rounded, competent guy? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, please go. Yeah. And all these guys are like, yeah, do cold showers, eat steak, and like you earn fat stacks. But um, there's something to be said for that Renaissance man thing of guys who just in, enjoy life. Yeah. And are able to stack that on top of competence, like not being the starving artist, but like you said, I have a perfect corporate job. 
I am uh, doing well for myself. Girlfriends, not an issue. But then there's that next step. And I got tons of clients who talk about this. They're like, I can get girls now. That's not an issue. So why am I unhappy? Hmm. And I think it's that thing, like you were saying right there, like there's nothing else to work on. No. And it bothers me when I see incel-y, MGTOW-y types talking about like making their great work. It's like, dude, stop skipping steps. <laughs> Yeah. If a girl doesn't want to touch your dick, you've basically failed as a human being and there's nothing you can say unless you're Lovecraft or uh, Tesla. That's going to yeah. change anybody's mind. Yeah, a while back, I finally understood why virgin is such an insult because what you're actually stating is no woman on earth finds you attractive enough to reproduce with. Yeah. Like that much of a loser is what or you Or even are. to practice on. Like, yeah. That much of a loser is what you are. Like, ooh, that hurts, man. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, it's like the girls, you're going to end up alone and lonely. Like, you can't land somebody on a permanent basis. Like, I get it. It cuts to the core. It's mm -hmm. like that. I hope she sees this, bro. It's such a, for such a small statement, it's so biting. Mm -hmm. I love it. She still won't F you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I've switched over. And I hope she sees this, bro, because it switches the cussing out. I don't know yeah. why, but if you can do it while being like, like with a really nice face to it, I find mm -hmm. it even funnier. Mm -hmm. oh. All right, so I guess I got to get caught up in this chat here. I worked with a guy who smoked and he fell 1,500 to his death high. Damn. Oh. Damn. I lost a guy in my uh, in my trades course, my QL3 like that too. Ooh. He was awesome. He was uh, His dad was a chief and he joined. And I was always that, oh, you're always, he had like a Halifax, like trailer park boys accent. You're always sitting mm -hmm. here talking like you're so smart. But uh, my dad's a chief, so you'll be fetching me coffee in two years. And I laughed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was, and I swear to God, I don't know what happened, but I have a feeling. There was these three girls that always tried to pick up any guy they could find, shack rats, right? The mm -hmm. one managed to marry our one guy. The most trailer park wedding you've ever seen, by the way, with like a beer cans hanging off a tree kind of thing. My God. Got married in cargo shorts. It was just ridiculous. But she liked it because she got to have a family after that. Why but do they, people hate cargo shorts anyway? It's the I, same way that people hate being called virgins. Really? <laughs> no, I really don't understand. Maybe it's the European in me, but I don't get why people hate cargo shorts. I yeah, really well, don't. here one sec. I'll deal with this one, dude. Did I forget to send you my email? Um, actually, you know what? Just DM me or ah, one man's way. I'm out. I want to get something without getting like a doxable thing here. Mm -hmm. How do I get him to send me something? Send me a DM on Twitter or on Instagram or on uh, a YouTube anywhere. Get that to me and I'll throw my email address on there. Or I think you can even see my email address in the about page. I am kind of curious what you do, man. I yeah, haven't actually uh, seen any of this stuff yet. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about though, just before this? Cargo shorts and uh, trailer park wedding. Yeah, so tra uh, cargo shorts. The reason that they kind of suck is they're very, like first off, they're like wearing Kirkland signature clothes. If you guys don't have that, it's like the Costco brand. Mm -hmm. What you're signaling is like, I'm a kept husband that my wife buys my clothes while she's getting groceries for the kids kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's that. They tend to never fit too well. And for most guys, they like it because it uh, it's like a masculine thing. It's like wearing Dickies or like uh, even blue jeans, like a classic blue jean has got that. Like I work for a living because I need these pockets to hold my magazines in, <laughs> but it's not congruent with most people's lifestyles. 
Like mm-hmm. if you're wearing cargo shorts, you should be a guy who's got like a knife in there or a machete for hacking things off in the woods. But most guys are wearing them to barbecues with Birkenstocks. Ah, it's like wearing camouflage shirts. Yeah. While never being in the army. Yeah, or tap out or tap out shirts were the biggest thing back in the day. All these guys with microfiber tap out shirts and like, dude, you don't even know how to do a wrist lock. What are you doing? <laughs> or tank tops without even doing one bicep curl. Yeah, all that stuff. Because it's all signaling. It's like pop when I say a popped collar on your polo shirt, you instantly have an archetype in your head. Yep. And that's the problem with cargo shorts. Like they could work. I I don't know how, but I'm sure it's possible. I mean, Drew kind of rocks them. Yeah, but see, Drew, he's got the calves for it. Like he <laughs> he looks no, honestly, he looks like the guy who has to wear cargo shorts because his legs don't fit into normal guy pants. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can buy that. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know what you mean. Um, cool with your emo. Yeah, here, one man's way. If you're if you're fine with it being in the chat. Throw it in there. I'll make sure to copy it and I'll take a look. I'll email you from the the corporate account. Hmm. Oh, good, good. One man's mate is like always here, right? He's a yeah. Well, dude, he's switched on. Uh, There's a few guys that you'll see here and always, and they're the ones that are my absolute favorite. I'm gonna fluff the guys that are obviously in the chat right now, but um, like they're doing work. There we go. I got that email address. Like Hmm. one man's way. If you to talk to him six months ago a totally different guy than you're talking to now. Like it's mm-hmm. not even close. Same thing with our little event that we're going to have in, uh, in Vegas coming up. Yeah. The One of the guys in particular is the one I'm thinking of here, Richard. I know he knows who he is. Um, had I talked to him at the beginning of this thing, he started, how do I win my wife back? And you know, all that kind of blue pill stuff. I heard you're able to win girls hearts by the end of it he's like yeah i need i need a bigger bachelor pad for all this poon that i'm swinging in like he's just crushing it and it's my favorite part about these high uh high engagement guys is because they do work Mm -hmm. and it's great if i fell off the face of the earth tomorrow guys like one man's way or like i guess i mean you're kind of past that now but jr um ivar like these guys would easily be able to just pick up the pieces And that would be the best part, the best place to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the helpful thing about being as savage as we are to each other in chat and just talking to each other. Because anybody who's not willing to put up work gets absolutely savaged and quits out of frustration. I mean, surely you've noticed you've had a community for a while. Yeah, but like I've got my patrons and things like that, but and I do. Okay, a friend of mine who I trained, it's the same thing. Like he finally got to a 40 kilo squat and mm-hmm. that's like 90 pounds. Yeah, about 90. 2.2. Yeah, about yeah, kind of like that. And his form was great. He, he was doing 12 reps with it, but he like he was acting like it was the end of the world. It's like, oh, it's so heavy, blah, blah, blah. but his form was great. I like you can keep going, your form is not breaking. Uh, uh. And I'm like, you know what the problem is? You have never endured hardship. That's what's going on here. You have to put effort into it. Because if you look at your body, nothing's going wrong. It's mentally what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Because you have to go through it. I mean, it's where you, that's where you do like you treat with criminals, like simple commands, <laughs> bypass the frontal lobe and all of its excuse making. Yeah, Pavlov stuff. It's the same with pickup and all the other things in the world with gym and clothing and you name it, just being a well-rounded guy. 
yeah. go out and fail. You will. You must. <laughs> you must fail. I love. I love failure. My favorite pickup stories weren't the ones where I like got the nine and tens. It was the ones where I either got shot down in an absolutely hilarious way, or mm -hmm. I shot somebody down in a hilarious way. Mm -hmm. I found those so much better. Hey, don't be soy in the chat. <laughs> oh, nice. I love that guy. I owe him an introduction. I've tried to, but uh, I caught him on a, some bad timing here. I'm really making an effort to network a bit better. That's mm -hmm. my one issue is that I'm so busy, caught up, like working, that I don't have a chance to talk to a lot of the people in here that I should be. That's why I'm glad. Thank you for coming on, by the way. <laughs> if you guys don't know, uh, put links to your things. You have the chat open right now. Put yeah. some links to your stuff and we'll, uh, Corey will book it through there. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me see. Oh, by the way, if I can do a shameless, selfless plug, I saw one man's way telling you I should narrate your book. <laughs> uh, for the guys who don't know, I did Gendernomics. I was the voice of the Gendernomics audiobook that Carl let me do, and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, it was cool. So, it, I love it, too. Your accent kind of adds some pomp and circumstance, but because it's not that Queen's English-British... It has a slight mm. spin on it. So it kind of, it, it plays to the gendernomics kind of subversive nature to it, which is, sounds really pedantic, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy that. Yeah. So if you're interested in my voice work, it's here and I know it's on Gumroad, selfless plug, blah, 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 blah. But I'm really proud of the second one. Like the first one was my first audio recording ever, but the mm -hmm. second one, I put more life into it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah don't worry so dude it's good honestly i liked it you're gonna be to audiobooks what delicious tacos was to book books to me i think hmm. i know i really enjoy it it's just because your accent too it's not it's not the thickest dutchy accent i don't know mm. if that if you understand where i'm going with this but it has, i know what you mean yeah it's got that aristocratic air to it for those like anglo ears that can't tell the difference Mm -hmm. but you you wouldn't believe how many times i got away with it faking being british oh i can imagine because nobody knows but, what a british accent is there's like 20 uh, of them i mean especially with american girls seriously <laughs> put me in a bar in america and i can just walk away with everybody like i love your accent i'm like yeah i know things happen <laughs> dude wonderful yeah some girls just the just the novelty mm -hmm. don't get me wrong my melanin my like generic minority number three levels of melanin have been that same kind of niche for me and i think it was absolutely wonderful and i, mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it back for anything yeah oh and well like you thanking me for being on thank you for having me on I me mean, like i always enjoy talking to you it's like I have to turn it up a bit. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm not shooting this shit anymore. I'm actually being serious right now. Oh, being being on, dude. I I love mm -hmm. that feeling. Even in Central Florida, like as much as I I can't stand the guy now. At the time, we were kind of making good things, and I love that when as soon as you walk out of your room, boom, and it comes on there. And it's the same as like when I was in the military, just before a sale, like the point where you're on. And mm -hmm. you're like, personality, stand aside. I got to handle some things here. Tires the hell out of me, though. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of these four-hour podcasts, I have to just lie down in a dark room and stare at the wall. Oh, I man. Up I, can, <laughs> I can imagine. But you're, I mean, I don't know if you have that. But mm -hmm. every time I'm done with red evening and things like that, I just reflect on what I said. And I'm just so frightened that I said just the slightest too stupid thing that will haunt me forever. <laughs> oh, that pass. I had that, but it passed quickly. For me, it was like I couldn't listen to my own stuff. 
Like, mm-hmm. do, you listen, do you watch your own show? Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that for a year. I hated, oh, no, my, I, I hated my mannerisms, not everything. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, no, I, I never listened to it, but I have a good memory. So I just mm-hmm. think back of the conversation. I'm like, did I, did I drop something there? And then blah, blah, blah. But then I have Vince on from Masculine Geek and he keeps saying the C word. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> never mind. Like, hey, my YouTube channel finally got monetized. And as soon as I turn Rob on, he's like, <laughs> ah. Yeah, that's a weird beast, that one. If you haven't watched it, Nerd City's got a great one on the trigger words from the algorithm. Mm-hmm. They It's a, because they literally would just create like five second video clips and they would change all the wording and everything and then see which words would trigger demonetization and which wouldn't. It's actually kind of fascinating. Like, for example, um, just take uh, the feminism thing. <laughs> Saying it as an ism was fine if i get it right but saying it as the singular singular person mm-hmm. was bad but saying it as plural was fine oh. so it's like and he's weird and i get it it's machine learning it's like a series of if statements if this guy got demonetized rank this word higher and they just keep iterating through that so it's always that's why it's always like so sporadic and it makes no sense but eventually you kind of get a feel for things and it helps you because you don't want to be commodity producer. That video I sent you yesterday about the screenwriter, he was talking about that too. Like if you're doing the exact same thing everybody else is doing, you know, just uh, what's that lift? And I hate to make fun of John here, but that lift money game, money, what mm-hmm. you know the thing, the sixes rule. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody's saying that. So if you're just doing the same thing as everybody else, yeah, you're going to get demonetized the same as they are. But mm-hmm. like what makes you any better than the 500 other pinnacles of alpha males that are ranting about, you know, only doing nines and tens? What is the difference between a nine and a 10 anyway? Dude, the difference between a six and everything else is your ego investment is my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't, girl, are, I don't think there are nines and tens. I really don't. Every girl is ugly without makeup. Mm-hmm. Don't at me. Yeah. The truth. <laughs> and yeah, there's the rare one that completely natural looks great, but like give it a couple of years and that's just people. People age. It happens. Yeah, but except where you're a guy, then you pull the long end of the stick. And... <laughs> but could you imagine being the kind of person who's sitting here arguing with somebody for an hour on whether a girl is an eight or a nine? Doesn't that strike as like a finger pointing to the moon and you're busy staring at the finger, arguing about how the yeah. finger looks? I do love that reference, though. I, like, enter, no, which one is that? Is that? Yeah, I remember that. Like, you're missing the point of everything. You yeah. keep looking at the girl. It's about how you got her. And by God, man. I, and even if you want to be dirty about it, it's bad science anyway. We're always talking about men, women aren't different, and they tend to like cluster around the middle of the bell curve. Meanwhile, guys mm-hmm. are on the extremes more. So why mm-hmm. does it then not translate into most girls are fours, fives, and sixes? Like you see, yeah. guys aren't consistent with it. I do think that the one to 10 scale can be better applied to guys. If you know oh, what I mean. Yeah, because we're extremes. It's easy to point yeah. out a 2 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. But for girls, it's kind of like, yeah, I like bigger. Like, I had the same discussion with Troy. Mm. Troy was more of an ass guy. And he's like, oh, I don't mind her having A or B cups. And I'm like, well, like, I don't mind, but I'd rather go for a C. So, yeah, there, there's a complete difference. I mean, somebody lo- like Aaron Clary <laughs> loves redheads. I'm like, eh, eh, I'm kind of lukewarm about them. Like, I okay, guess life has challenges, whatever. Can't take her yeah. in the sun, but whatever. 
<laughs> things like that. You you cannot determine a nine or ten, and then in walks Tate. And I'm like, my ten is your four. Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll back down. I'll back. But down. they're 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 like they're paid. They're professional hot chicks, so they better look like that. They have to be bigger than normal. I loved how Dan Bilzerian put it. By the way, like, how did he uh, put it? Dan- Okay, Dan Bilzerian went on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan asked him, like, point blank, like, do you pay for sex? He's like, no, I have never, like, exchanged money for sex, but I have created the lifestyle that uh, that takes away the effort that you need to put in to get sex without money. Like, That's what he paid for. That makes sense. Yeah, he paid for the lifestyle, not the sex itself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, not, not a by bad, that. Yeah, not a bad position to be in because how he gets the chicks, they're all model agencies. He just calls them up. He's like, I need 150 chicks by tonight because of this party. And whatever happens, happens. Fair well, enough. If you, if you have 150 million, you can guess what happens. I mean, how is that any different than swiping left or right on chicks on Tinder? It's just really the app he's using is the marketing agency as opposed to the uh, online one. Can't mm-hmm. fault him for that because everybody pays. I hate this idea of, and I kind of, I mention it a lot about genuine desire, but I get it. People follow incentives. If a girl has no reason to want to be with you, like if there's no value add for her, why would she be with you anyway? So well, you're paying that, in some currency in some manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just can't get around it. It's the it's always prostitution argument, and yeah. you made that. You didn't literally make the argument like that, but you asked me once like what is genuine desire and does genuine desire really exist because it's always in some way or another transactional which was actually very philosophical of you like (laughs) damn it no no it really about monster trucks screw it ah wrestling (laughs) but it doesn't always have to be materialistic it can yeah. be on an emotional level, like you're transactioning um, drama with her, attention, drama. Of, yeah, I mean, call her a c word every now and then. I love that. I mean, by God, man, there was no better advice in the ministry than that. You want to save your relationship, like just n- drop it, drop a hint that she gained weight. Yeah. By God, man, that hamster will spin. Like, honey, how does this look? Not more terrible than usual. <laughs> yeah make it very passive big shit eating grin i think you really have to sell it with the grin like you're very oh, you proud do. of yourself and you're just waiting you for her to freak out it's like i want you to freak out that's gonna make this enjoyable for me mm-hmm. but i was was it your guys' show yesterday or was it a different one where guys were asking about uh about negging or something like that and i said yeah it's like it has to be fun for you it might have been patreon oh mm-hmm. yeah where like yeah how do you how do you make conversations with girls that you can't stand or people that are boring. And I'm like, dude, make it fun for you. Make it fun at other people's expense. Oh, but- I asked you that. Oh, was you Remember? then? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was getting a bit jaded after 20 girls. You kind of like, yeah, I know this goes. And then you're like, yeah, I've been there, done that. And then I asked you like, okay, how can I get more fun into it? And you were like, yeah, oh, just laugh at their expense and see how far you can go. Yeah. It's a little cynical, but at the same time, like, People generally are boring people. Most people are boring and that's why they're bored. And even if you're having a bit of fun at their expense, you're not malicious about it. And they would Mm -hmm. rather be entertained than fluffed, I guess is the best Mm -hmm. way to put it. At least I've found that. 
other than the occasional antisocial person that takes any gentle ribbing as like a personal affront. There's some philosophical $5 words for you. Personal mm -hmm. affront. But the beauty of that is, and I liked about it, is it filters for the kind of people who you can't banter with anyway. And I wouldn't want to hang mm. out with a guy like that. Oh, man. Okay, there's a show in the Netherlands called First Dates. And my main plate loves watching it with me because I just rip every guy on there a new one. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Did you... Like, seriously, the girls keep asking the guys, did you have a relationship? And I was like, what? And some of these guys are actually seriously telling these girls, like, no, I haven't had a relationship in a while. Well, you know, it just didn't came from it. I was like, seriously, I would double down on that shit. Like, no, yeah. I just broke up this afternoon. Or, no, I never had a relationship. I just moved out of the house today. Like, what the? Or even, even if you have to be, like, desperately honest like that, make it so over the top that they don't believe you. Bingo. I've actually ne I've never even kissed a girl. I have no idea what you guys smell like. Can I touch your hair? Whatever. <laughs> why, why would you ask such a stupid question? And then just kind yeah. of segue it off of that? Like, a coworker of mine did that, by the way. I could finally, I stole this from Rolo. I'm going to be really honest about that. And Rolo stole it too from a movie, but I couldn't remember the movie. My coworker was like, yeah, do you have a girlfriend? I was like, well, some of them I consider girlfriends and some of them I consider. And she just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> she just, I'm like, oh, good. It works. <laughs> that's clever. I kind of like that one. Yeah, but, but it's it. Yes. And that's my, mm -hmm. I love that so much a game because I mean, there's the dancing monkey aspect when you're first doing it. Like you're doing this because you know, you want to see what kind of feedback you get. Do girls find it attractive? They find it not attractive. But then once you get like, once you get situated and you understand what things work and what things don't, mm -hmm. it kind of gives you the freedom to have like an abundance with it or an outcome independence where I'm doing this because I'm bored and I want to have fun. And yeah. I know girls are going to find it attractive when I'm acting like this. And so you kind of, it's like a musician. Like, you know, when the pianist is like, all right, C sharp, D, F. And then after a while, he doesn't even have to think anymore. He just moves his fingers and he knows where to go. I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I love when Rolo says, I am the game. That's exactly what he's talking about. And I, it's so hard to articulate and tell the guys who's like, I haven't had a girlfriend in five years or watch uh, what's that? What do you call it? First date? Yeah. First dates. It's, oh my God, man. Oh, they have one of they those in have, Canada now. They have a British version. So you can watch that. But the Dutch oh. version is, is way worse sometimes. Like, by God, man. <laughs> well, I can imagine you guys don't have a big hiccup about uh, nudity or drinking on camera and stuff, too. Oh, true. No, we don't. No, we but don't. they have one here, too. It's and I don't I hate like I stopped. I canceled my cable first season of Survivor because I can't stand it. <laughs> my girls, my girls binge watching it now because when I'm on the podcast, she needs something to do for two hours. But mm -hmm. what was it called? It's. I don't remember what it's called, like love actually or dead thing or whatever, yeah. but, um, Oh, breakfast club. Yeah. Um, it's literally that love Island first date thing, but they, I guess they have to agree to get married and then they meet. And every guy is like a 26 year old, really attractive, emotionally stunted guy. And mm -hmm. every girl is the 34 year old regional manager for whatever company she works for with like those tired eyes like I wasted my twenties, but they still act like their thoughts. It's just a train wreck. And I sat there and I watched like 10 minutes of it and I had to stop, mm. but I think you'd like it. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you'll get it in your zone, but I just wish I could remember I, the name of it. I can look it up, but these, these programs are fun to watch when you're game savvy. 
So it's like, oh, yeah. oh how, how would I have responded? Oh, you're kind of getting into it, and it's fun. And by the way, in two to three weeks, I, I um, what's it called again? With the English is failing, error, 404. Do it in Dutch. I might be able to take a guess at it with my vague German knowledge. <laughs> no, I okay, I uh, applied. That's the one. I applied for a speed dating evening. I was like, you know what? I'm a bit tired of the whole Tinder thing. Let's see what happens. Old school. I'm really looking. I'm, I'm going to do a, uh, how do you call that again? Field report? Field. Thank you. I'm going to do a field <laughs> report about that one. Like the Dude, speed dating be... experience. Oh, Chesty, in the chat. There is a post out there where somebody did this. Do you remember it? I've not been able to find it since. It was the best thing. A guy speed dated and he turned it into a, uh, he turned it into like a blunt honesty, entertaining at his own, uh, at his own other people's expense. Cause like his friends set him up on it and he absolutely hated it. And it ended up with like the girl crying at the end of the night during a speed dating thing. And then like him getting a date from a different girl. I just cannot remember who wrote the damn article. And I would love if you read that before you go on there to like see the comparisons or maybe don't read it beforehand. But I just wish I could find it. If anybody in the chat knows it, it's like a game aware speed dating thing from a kind of like a jaded divorced uh, pickup artist. I think he was in his forties when he wrote it, hmm. which sucks. Cause usually I'm the guy who finds the obscure stuff. So I'm actually asking for help on this one. Well, <laughs> I mean, everybody needs help every now and then. Oh, I love those stories though. All right. You know I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I remember going out and just being so blatantly obnoxious with girls sometimes. Mm -hmm. just, yeah, why not? It's just fun. Like girl keeps staring at you, you walk up to her and you just ask her, like, are you gonna buy me a drink or stare all night? You're like, Oh yeah, I notice. I have eyes. <laughs> See, that's the subtext. Like she knows you're not demanding she buy you a drink, and you no. know that. This is just I have to say something to you, and this makes the most sense because you're you're subtly explaining to her, like, I see you're staring at me and I get you're interested. Here's a way to defuse that tension for you. And she mm -hmm. takes it as a huge relief. It's another reason I wish more guys would write because a lot of these subtle things like irony and uh, nuance, they kind of, once you write, it's you're better able to, to see them or like stand-up comedy or uh, improv, all those creative outlets, mm -hmm. I think are great I for it. I still want to try out the looks opener, though. I haven't tried that ever. Like, what do you have going on in your life other than your looks? Because it's it's good. It deflates her immediately. Dude, that's like, the that's a nuclear nig. I like that. Yeah. What? It's mystery. You know that one, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. It's still nuclear. <laughs> I mean, it just it deflates everything. Yeah, I know you're pretty, but I'm looking for something more than a hot piece. Yeah. Well, you don't even really acknowledge the hotness there. It's like other than your looks. You don't say if they're good or bad. It's not a direct compliment. Mm. It just kind of infers it. Mm -hmm. But then if she says, oh, you think I'm pretty? It's like, I never said that. No. <laughs> so she's like, most girls are experienced enough then to know not to broach that topic. Yeah. Like, say what you will. They may not be the smartest, but they've had experience, way more experience than a guy ever will when it comes to yeah. sexual dynamics. Yeah. Or like, oh, so you think you're, you think I'm pretty well for an American. You don't look half bad. <laughs> what a euro what a european centric neg i like that one. oh man i love it i have met american girls and i just went full out like oh americans where's your cheeseburger at like do you keep <laughs> telling me about freedom or do i have to ask about it oh all americans are so stereotypical oh that's such a stereotypical thing to say about 
and you just keep going and going and going. It's amazing. Like Americans is the gift that keeps on giving for a European. <laughs> I can imagine the Brits are like that too. Isn't there like a little like healthy rivalry between the UK and like continental Europe or am I misreading that one? I know the French have it with the English. Mm, no, it's okay. We, we have it more with the Germans. Ah, but, fair enough. Mm. That big black English hole. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like bicycles and things like that. It's it's uh, it's a sticky situation. Mm. <laughs> this one, I'm curious. I don't know what this one means. This speaking to Ryan is so hacky. I don't know. Mm. I guess so. I it's probably hacky. Um, fuck, we got half an hour left here. I was thinking on this one. So the game, the aloofness. I love that stuff, and it's entertaining, but it forces you to have wit. And I'm trying to think if I met a guy who didn't even know where to start what is the best value for your buck of what you could do to start building wit and social savviness and i'm trying to think what would you add what would you suggest the first thing that came to mind was daria i don't know if you remember that it's an old 90s cartoon about a very sarcastic girl that Everything that was thrown her way, she just responded so sarcastically with it. Like, learn sarcasm and then learn sarcasm with a shit-eating grin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, get it. Sarcasm. I, the only reason I wouldn't go with it is because if guy's unattractive, it could be kind of off-putting. It's like one of those. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those weapons. It could be good or it could be bad, depending. I like it though. I mean, sarcasm is better than blunt honesty. But I just yeah. keep thinking of like the uh, the uh, basement dwelling hipster type that's sarcastic, but it's off putting. I'm thinking of a guy who used to be on a married red pill. A weeka cuck was his name, and he loved to argue and always be contrarian. But it was just off putting when you tried to have a real conversation with him. Mm. Oh, Daria! Oh, that's what you're talking about—the MTV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that frump. Because I was thinking, mm. you're like the sarcastic chick in the 90s sitcom. I'm like, you're really going to have to narrow that down. Yeah. <laughs> I would oh, almost but... think um, something. Yeah, I keep going back to improv classes because they're goofy and they're kind of ego shattering. Because you're in an improv class. You have to make like stupid scenes. You have to act like a child sometimes. So you can't be too bravado laden. But at the mm. same time, you're kind of forced to think on your feet especially with the never say no rule like mm -hmm. everything you have to go with everything the other person puts out you can't shut anything down you can't close the communication yep there no but you're but right that, i mean when a guy starts out damn man that's a good one like watch comedy things like that i would advise like, get a sense of humor like what makes you laugh get there first like find out what you find funny and try to like um it's a tough one isn't it? it yeah it is like try to try to own it try to own it you know what i mean yeah well you have to own it that's the thing yeah you said something it's out in the world you can't take it back but if you own it you're not taking it so seriously that you're willing to die on that hill so people kind of have that social out Mm -hmm. the asshole but it's not malicious it's not permanent it's definitely better than that conservative american thing where 
you rant on something about, you know, trans people suck this. And then, oh, I got banned. This is freedom of speech. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> are you going out of your way? <laughs> out of your way to be like a martyr? Like, why? Yeah. Like, one man's way is a good point. Like, uh, calling a girl a different name. And it reminded me past week, I thought, I, I mean, you've been around the Mary Red Pill long enough. Can you imagine being in the situation where you you're laying pipe with your woman and she calls you a different name. Like, don't know if you've ever had somebody tell you that, but I've never I've, had it, but my balls hurt right now. Yeah. Like, Oh, can you imagine being in that situation? Here's a question for you. Which one is worse calling you the wrong name or ask or telling you, are you finished yet? <sighs> Hurry up. Which one of those would probably activate caveman brain first? Oh, I think the, the other name, I think the other name that will be way worse because that that means she's not even thinking about you anymore. She's already replaced you. Like, oof. See, for me, I think it's the "Are you done yet?" Oh, <laughs> speaking of which, yeah. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I don't know if you hear her busting my balls. Are you done yet? <laughs> Are you done yet? Yeah, Have my buddy actually had that. He was um it was one of the mats that I know. I have like eight mats that I'm friends with that I've sailed with. And his wife, a thin Eastern European Polish traditional girl. So I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about Eastern Europe is where they're better. Mm -hmm. Um he had a four-month course in Halifax that he had to fly to the other side of the country with. Then he got home, he had a three-day weekend, and then his ship went out to sail for three months afterwards. Mm -hmm. So literally in a six-month period, he got to see his wife for three days. Uh, he kind of got clingy and begging for sex and she didn't want to have it. And I guess on the way to the airport, just before he got to fly out, she finally let him do it in the car. And I guess the whole time he was complaining that she just kept asking him if he was done yet and to hurry up. And I can almost just picture her eye rolling and right there like that. It's absolutely terrifying. My girl knows if she ever wanted me to initiate a divorce, that's all she has to do. Oh, damn. That's cold. So I haven't, but I, yeah, I've never heard anybody called the wrong name by the girl. So I don't have, maybe that is worse. I just viscerally, I just don't have that same oomph for it. Oof. Yeah. Let's see who, let's see. I put it up in the chat, in the chat. Who do you guys think? Yeah. So far we got, that's two for, are you finished yet? <laughs> Other name. Yeah. Both. Would yeah. Suck. The combination. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> And that's fine. I mean, everybody, a lot of the guys talk about, you know, don't be so hooked up on being a man, like whatever, be aloof about it. But there is some things that you can't really bounce back from as good. Cause that's really mm -hmm. a shot to you as a person saying, I can't even keep a girl attracted enough to remember my name yeah. or that l sex with me is literally a chore and she can't stand it. There's something about that. It's like that uh, strategy I was telling guys. Ooh. All right, we'll skip this one for one man's little uh, name example here. One chick is Lauren and calling her Laura works wonders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Have you ever seen that uh, Love and Drugs with, 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 what's her name again? Crap. Come on, Jack. You know this one. It's, is it a movie or? Yeah, it's a movie. Love and Other Drugs with um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Witherspoon. No, what's her name again? Matt, oh, get... uh, is that Liv Tyler? Who is that? No, that's not Liv Tyler. That's that she she played in Les Miserables as well. Um, oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. That's her. Oh, she looked great, by the way. But yeah. seriously, there there's a scene in that movie where the Jake Gyllenhaal character, like in the beginning of the movie, he sits there with a coworker, 
and the coworker is like, oh, how can you be so successful with chicks? And he's like, you see that girl? I never met her. And he's like, morning, Jessica. Her name's not Jessica, but now she thinks I know her and forgot her name on purpose. So she's going to put effort into it. <laughs> wow. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I like that. Some, I mean, honestly, it's just whatever. I've done that at Starbucks, making fun of a girl for grabbing like a goofy drink or it's just something. It's anything to anchor a conversation. That's why I loved peacocking. Mm -hmm. Everybody makes fun of the aviator shades and that big feather boa that mystery used to wear. But if a girl wanted to talk to him, all she had to do was go up to him and make fun of the hat and then instant yeah. conversation starter. It's a great filtering mechanism. Once you stop thinking about on a literal level, what it means mm -hmm. and you start thinking about it on like an actionable level. Mm -hmm. Like, did you, do you have a peacock or no? No idea to be honest. Like, oh, so then I've you don't. This. <laughs> I, I've got this. Like the ring and maybe the watch and well, I used to have long hair, which it's growing up nicely again. Yeah, I'm not sure if I like you better with the long hair or the short hair. You look both. You look good in both. Aww. But here, here's here's a peacock. My peacock, blue contact lenses and big rock earrings. Yeah, I remember that. You told me. I'm like, nah, I'm not going that far, man. Dude, it was awesome. Even <coughs> it didn't matter where I was. Either girls that liked it would would joke around saying they were going to steal the earrings girls that hate it would just come out to make fun of me but either way i was then in front of them talking and it, my charm and charisma or lack of it depending on who you ask mm -hmm. was all that mattered at that point it was it's literally the same concept of uh outrage brokering or like yellow journalism yeah You're which makes sense why cernovich is so damn good at it you're making them engage you by any means necessary that's 48 laws of power too like court attention at all cost yeah Positive or negative, they are engaged. And again, with women, there is no positive or negative. There is just engagement. Yeah. Now I get like you can't obviously walk with like, you know, goat's blood on you because that's going to be negative engagement, but it's definitely bad. So there's like a there's like a reasonable window to there. And I think I think that's the flex. Same as when we started with girls that were dumb crap because they're hot enough that they can. Yeah. I think a guy who can purposefully make wear something that you can make fun of but navigate that socially aware. I think that's a flex. Hmm. Like, yeah, this guy can wear, you know, giant earrings without worrying about being called, you know, gay or whatever. And I guess it's the two thousands. You're allowed to still be making fun of people for that, but, <laughs> or, uh, Rolo with that long lion's mane of a samurai hair he's got right now. It gets one of those things that 53 year old men don't have hair like that. So you'd want to poke fun at it, but it's not malicious enough that it's off putting. Mm -hmm. but it's good enough that you can kind of poke at it. I think it's wonderful. That's his peacock now. That's what I'm going to say. His Witcher hairstyle. Yeah, well, that's a good starter for anything. Oh, this. I didn't know that was what military style wristwatching was. You know what he's talking about? Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's on the inside of your wrist. Yeah. I can't even turn it anymore. I've gone fat. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like this. You can do, yeah, I know what he means. That's a Which neat way funny. of doing it. Yeah, I kind of used to do it. I don't wear watches anymore because I'm noticing, especially because I'm on the computer so much. Oh, you notice that it like weighs down your hand when you're trying to type. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, how to kill friends and influenza people. CN is right. Jeffrey West boots are my peacock. I don't know if you know those boots. No, I'm gonna look them up now. Actually, tell me something about them while I'm doing that. They're English designer boots that are way over the top, black leathery with giant buckles on them but not too much they're not the industrial golf type boots but they're just very stunning troy has a has a pair as well 
Really? I can grab one. I can grab one. Hold on. And I don't wear them all the time because you don't want to do that. Oh, okay. So I see his Chelsea boots here. He's got like patent leather Chelsea's. Oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Gonna grab them real quick. There. Bye, Jack. Now we got that <laughs> Prince Peacock hard. He did Peacock hard. Oh, look at that. So what is that? A Chelsea with like a monk strap? Yeah. Oh, it is. Look at that pointed toe. Yeah, I mean the 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 craftsmanship on these things is amazing. Do they do that now with the weather stripping, or did they come like that on the heel there? Uh, they come like that. They come like that, dude. Because that's the first thing I do whenever I buy a new pair of shoes or a new boot is I always take them to the cobbler and get the weatherproofing put on the uh, the heel and the toe. Yeah, no, but they 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 come like this, and by God, man, I love these. I have one other pair, and. It's just, it, it would hurt me to wear them outside, but by God, do I love these things. And they, they do get, they do get looks. Like, I can't remember who, I was at work and all of the guys were Jesus. wearing, hmm? Oh, just seeing the chat. Keep going, keep going. I'm listening. Oh, oh yeah. The price. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, everybody was wearing sneakers and I'm like, for some odd reason all of a sudden it struck me that by god man sneakers might be the most childish shoes i've ever seen they're the cargo shorts of footwear yeah <laughs> like now he gets it yeah but my daily shoes now are these timberland boots really like them they by god oh, man, they... that's like the canadian that's like the canadian uniform boot do you have yeah. them in that like uh in that like light colored tan no i have them in black Oh, that's if you want to be Canadian, you need that with like a Canada goose jacket and like khakis or jeans. Oh my that's God. but like only lace like up to the top third loops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be Canadian. No, but I just saw that. And most guys walk around on Nikes and sneakers. I'm like, guys, wear some dual strap monks. It's not it stands up and it yeah. dresses everything up. You can be in a T-shirt and jeans. But if you have like a Chelsea or even like a casual, but like a Jucker or um. What's another casual type boot I could think of? I guess Chelsea's are casual enough, but yeah. it just, it steps it up just enough where it looks like a conscious choice to be dressing in a t-shirt and jeans as opposed to, I'm just a nerd who doesn't know how to dress myself. Yeah, but that, that's how it looks. I mean, I I have sneakers too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, how do you say that again? Holier than thou. I'm not holier <laughs> than thou. But sneakers have a time and place. And if you only have sneakers, you should, again, I'm <laughs> I'm going with dual strap monks on this once. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been ballsy enough to wear the double the double monk straps. Really? I never. don't know why. I just keep getting like leprechaun vibes, but I know they're good. I just can't do it. <laughs> mm. My God. But I think it works better for you because you're like a tall, very lean guy. So little things like that will probably work better for you. I do my best. I do yeah. my best. I've got a stockier body. So a lot of the times, like I can't wear too many like thicker things that have depth to them. Mm-hmm. Cause it just ends up looking too, it's like a uh, black girls, how a lot of the times when they had giant booties, they found that white girls could get away with pants that have more depth to them, like more pockets and stitches and patches and that. But black girls tended to keep things simple, <laughs> let their ass do the speaking for them. Sometimes you just gotta do that. Let yeah. the ass speak for itself. <laughs> if people can take anything away from this podcast, let the ass speak for itself. Ooh, and I guess we'll end it off. We got 10 minutes. I'm we're getting into shoes now. Ben's got his five pair of Chelsea's, three back, mixed colors, and a dark brown. 
and uh, Influenza Boy, Brogues. <laughs> I love broguing on shoes or boots, mm -hmm. which is so strange because it's one of those skeuomorphic things. Because you know why that why broguing exists, right? No. It was for like for Scottish people because in the Highlands it was always very swamp like, and so you'd be walking around in shoes and boots, and your boots would fill with water, and then you get sloggy, so they they punch these holes in it. So they'd always have proper drainage and airflow. So you end up rotting your feet away. Mm. But because of the whole UK class thing, it kind of has like a lower class designation. Like if you were an aristocrat or a dandy, you wouldn't need to be walking in the swamp. Mm. So it takes what would otherwise be like an Oxford, which is a very formal shoe. And it makes it casual enough. You can get away with wearing it with more casual outfits. Nice. I think it's, mm. I wish I knew the monk strap thing. I'm pretty sure that has something to do with like horse riding in that, but... Or Irish, thank you, Irish. <laughs> the Irish. Irish. Dude, getting an Irish and a Scotsman mixed up, you might as well just call like... <laughs> yeah. You no, might, but, might as well get a French guy mixed up with a Canadian. No, but speaking about the whole shoe thing, other than Tanner Guzzi, uh, what's his name again? Alpha M is a great guy to get advice from when it comes to style. Really? That's how I got on the dual strap monks and the Jack Black skincare thing. I got it from him. Really? Yeah. That'll be all right. Yeah, I've, for me, it was just, honestly, it was an old photo I saw where they took boots and they ranked them from casualness to formality. Mm -hmm. Like you have the Clarks on the one end and then the other end you have like opera pumps and it was literally going through it. And I kind of like that. And then you pick a style of shoe that you like and then you look into the history. I like doing that with clothes, like khakis. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks of khaki. It's not, there's actually no such thing as a khaki. It's a chino. The color is khaki. Mm. But then you find out it has that, world war ii military thing to it because it was like guys wearing tropical whites and from all the sweating they kept standing it was impossible to keep clean so this naval captain ended up mixing it with like coffee beans and certain stains and so he made that brown stained color of khaki mm. that we all know and love because it was impossible to work and so that's why khaki is a thing and it's got that military same as like bomber jackets and that so then i learned okay so if i want to put a bomber jacket i can put that with khakis and it matches or if you want to wear like a leather jacket with it, what's the difference between like a bomber or a trench? All mm -hmm. this is like old military wear that people would repurpose afterwards. And people want to talk about masculine styles of clothing. Anything that's been repurposed from war is always a masculine set of clothes, like even a suit. Yeah. Suits were old, like the old high necked uh, Nehru collared, like British type outfit. And they just flipped the collar down. And that's how suits were kind of created. Mm -hmm. Even neckties. Croatia, split Croatia is the first necktie store ever. The queen took it because when guys would go out to war, girls would tie the like scarves around guys' necks in a certain way. And the British liked it so much, it became the necktie. Hmm. Thank you, Sullivan, for the $2 super chat for support. And I find, and like you said, like with the double monk straps and that, you kind of learn how and why things are the way they are. And it really helps you decide how to dress. Yeah. I mean, I found the most perfect pair of trousers ever they're chinos but they're kind of like uh sweatpants mixed with suit pants if you know what i mean they're like oh i think i've heard about these yeah. they are stretchy suit pants i'm like i can look formal and be comfortable <laughs> wow like eye opener i immediately bought four two in gray two in black done <laughs> i've seen them but i've always i've never been able to push the to bite the bullet you gotta you gotta put some pictures out some style pics and let me know yeah I've, the 
Uh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Because I've, I've, I've never one. actually owned a pair of sweatpants in my life. I never have. No, but they're not, not as a sweatpants. kid. I know, but like any of that flannel stretchy stretchy type material. No. Let me see because I have a picture right here. Seriously, don't be dot soy. He he took the picture I just sent you via Twitter and he put explosions behind it, things like that. Man, don't be dot soy is great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look! Yeah. I just saw that one now. Oh, I thought that was a fire going behind you. That's funny. <laughs> no, that just lights. Now, see, I like this this look. I guess should I put it in the chat, or do you have it in the chat, or is it keeping this one private? Uh, keep it private. All right. <laughs> but I guess the outfit you got what looks like a top coat, mm -hmm. uh, V-neck sweater, collared shirt with uh with without the stiff collar stays, and then those are the suit pants you were talking about. Yeah, that's those are the ones. Yeah, they remind me of like a wool pant. See, the thing I like about that is it's a very, it's the kind of thing that a journal, uh, a reporter from the 1970s or a guy who edits books for a living. It's got that certain casual instructor feel to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then one man's way. So when I got to the gun range, my 5'11 clothes, I'm stylish. That's the funny thing too. A lot of guys are, they don't want to dress stylish because they want to just be functional, but functional stylish. Yeah. I mean, a black V-neck t-shirt and blue jeans could go a long way if it fits well. Yeah. Having things fit well, having things be properly functional, like just having a well-fitting uniform. It's amazing how much of a difference that made with the military as opposed to guys who wore like tents hanging off of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I got my most style advice from? Weirdly enough, it was Californication. Hank Moody always wears black t-shirt, a sports jacket, and blue jeans. <laughs> but it fit. And I was like, well, I like black shirts and things like that. And there it was. Done. Why did this come back again? All of a sudden, people are talking about Californication. That's been out for like years. I know, but if you watch it back with a red pill lens, you're kind of like, eh, this show isn't that good because Hank Moody is actually just keep chasing his ex because she's his baby mommy. And yeah. she cheated on him like, I don't know how many times. And I'm like, dude, you're banging 21-year-olds and you keep going back to your ex who's pissed off because you banged a younger chick like, he likes Effort. to punish himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's very melancholy, actually. It's it's self-inflicted drama. The entire series is self-inflicted drama. Yeah, which I guess I guess that's why it resonates so much with guys who love being the martyr who wipes up single moms. <laughs> uh, how does Rich always say that again? Guys have the the Oh, the need to unnecessarily complicate their lives. Yeah. And then he had a follow-up to it. I wish I could remember all of his quotes. He's got some good ones. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we'll end it there. We're running a short on time, and then half an hour till Rule Zero starts. Mm -hmm. Just to put it best. Um, Jack, plug your stuff like you got no shame, because honestly, you do good content, and I think more guys need to, at the very least, check out the free stuff, see if you're into it, and then get into his private community if you really enjoy that sort of content. Mm -hmm. Well... The best way to find me is the YouTube channel where I do red evening every Friday night, depending on where you are. And European, it's Saturday morning. Uh, all the links are in there. Again, I was the voice for Carl's books. If you enjoyed those, you might enjoy the audio versions. They are available on Gumroad. You get the bundle pack for $19.99. Damn, does, does that feel dirty? Like, 
<laughs> buy buy my stuff like, you know, you know, never, if you never enjoy- apologize for your own work i, would, I would yeah that. that's true Especially that's since true. like it's good you put effort into it you can tell there's production quality and if it's content guys are interested in like no i would be shameful in it yeah i i don't bang nines and tens on the regular so you have to excuse me for that i'm just a normal <laughs> guy and i like talking about red pill stuff and just being a capable human being and you can follow me on Twitter and all the links are in the chat. Dude, follow him. Do it out and check you guys. I'll catch you guys on the next one. We'll see you in half an hour. I don't know whose channel's Rule Zero's on today, though. Rolo. Is it on Rolo's? Okay, Rolo's channel. No no trying to fight me in the chat, by the way. I won't be looking at chat on Rolo's channel. You guys are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll end it off here. You don't mind sticking around for a minute.